Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. Oh, yeah, that is a big thing that's going on. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Like, how did, how did I not like, even answer that? What, why? Why? <laughs> Well, um, it's funny. I've got a few reasons, but the, the biggest reason was... This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 300. Oh my gosh, we made it to 300. Celebration all around. Cool confetti flying around. Just imagine that. Uh, this is a huge deal, guys. I cannot believe after... Oh gosh, when did the show start? In July of 2010, we are in episode 300 right now. Now, and you were just listening to Ray Edwards, one of the six members of the Green Room, including myself, which is the name of a mastermind group that I've been a part of for years. We meet every single Wednesday, and Ray, Cliff Ravenscraft, Mark Mason, Michael Stelzner, Leslie Samuel, and myself, we get together to hold each other accountable, set goals, meet those goals, be brutally honest with each other, and we're gonna share some things individually today with each of these members of these of this group uh, in terms of what they're doing, what they've been up to, what they've learned from being in the group, some big plans moving forward, all the good things. But the best thing is that you are here listening right now, and I just wanna thank you right now. I'm giving you a virtual hug because this is a huge milestone, 300 episodes. So of course, I'm not gonna forget our traditional intro music, which will start in just a moment, and then on the other side of that, I'm gonna tell you why we are called The Green Room, and then we'll get right into it. Cue the music. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, the day he got laid off was the best day of his life, without him even knowing it, Pat Flynn. On television, uh, in theater, at live events, the green room is traditionally known as the space where the actors or the performers hang out and prepare before they go out into the world and perform. And that's why we are called The Green Room because we feel like this is the room that we're in before we go out into the world and serve our audiences and we are there to help each other get prepared because sometimes right before you go on stage or right before you go on television or right before you speak, you get really nervous and your kind of head gets in the way sometimes. So that's why when Cliff Ravenscraft and I started this uh, four plus years ago, 
We decided to call it The Green Room. We invited a lot of people who resonated with our message, who had the same vibe as us, uh, and we just went with it. And we decided every Wednesday we were gonna meet, and we've been consistent since then. Now, I've been a part of several mastermind groups, some that are held in person, some that are virtual or online. This one, The Green Room, meets virtually through uh, a Zoom meetup. Uh, before that, I think it was GoToMeeting or whatever. Um, and it's it's been fantastic. So we are able to connect with each other wherever we are at in the world because A, we are connected on the internet and B, we keep this a very high priority in our life. And I think that's so important when it comes to a mastermind group. Every member has to understand that this is one of the most beneficial things that they can have in their lives. And that's where a lot of masterminds fall behind. Actually, I've been a part of several mastermind groups and um, all but two have kind of been defunct uh, because of the fact that many people just, you know, consider them to be things that are on the side. But this group and the other group that I'm in with Jamie Masters, uh, they've been amazing, and it's because we know exactly what this situation, when you bring like-minded people together who may or may not even be in the same industry, amazing things happen. And when we are in our own businesses so much, we often forget what it's like on the outside in terms of a perspective that can help us move forward because we're just so into the trenches of our own stuff. So many times in the past, this group and my other group have been the reason why I've been able to move forward. And these people have become really important players in my life and best friends. And so I'm really excited to introduce this particular group to you today in the green room. And we're gonna start with Leslie Samuel, somebody who I met in the blogosphere a while back. And what really caught my attention with Leslie was just how amazingly happy he always was. And even though there are, of course, things in all of our lives that happen, he always has a positive outlook on life, which is something that I think a lot of business owners need, especially when things go wrong. So that, to me, is his best superpower amongst all the other amazing knowledge that he has to share in the world of blogging and online business. So, and so I'm really excited to introduce Leslie Samuel to you from becomeablogger.com, and we get into a little bit of discussion about whether or not blogging is actually dead. With podcasting and video on the rise, what about blogging? Is it still relevant? Well, let's talk about it with Leslie Samuel. Leslie Samuel, welcome to the SPI podcast. Thanks so much for being here and starting off the uh, the show here with us. Pat Flynn, thank you for having me on here. I'm excited to be on here again. Dude, and you know, I was telling you this right before we recorded. I was like, I was struggling a little bit with this episode because I was worried about <laughs> the order that I would kind of have everybody come on. And I was like, I got to start with Leslie because he always has this way of, through his voice, just... Making everybody happy. But no no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of your superpowers, dude. I mean, I've, I've even seen it on some of your live streams. Everybody just loves to watch you and listen to you because you just have this way of, of, of cheering everybody up. So for those of you listening right now, if you're having a bad day, Leslie will make you happy because he's always <laughs> such in a positive mood. And, and I'm thankful to have you on because you've gone through – I mean, we've been together for quite a bit, speaking nearly every week, and you've gone through – a number of different transitions. And one of the ones that I want to talk about really quick, that was, I know a pretty difficult decision for you was, um, I remember back when you were a professor yep. and you had to go through this uh, really tough decision to um, that you had to make related to that versus what, what you wanted to do online. Can you take us back into time and kind of have us understand what was going through your mind then and why you made the decision that you made? 
Yeah, man. So this was back in 2014, and I had a great job. I actually, I'm not one of those people. You know, you always hear these stories of people that they hated their job. They went online and they found happiness. No, I was actually happy with what I was doing, except for one thing. I was doing well at my job, but I was not doing well at home. And when I say that, I mean, I was hardly able to be with my family. Mm. Um, And that for me, I know that's a huge deal for you. It's a huge deal for me as well. Um, And in 2013, um, you know, we we were dealing with some illness in in the family with my mom. And I I wanted to be there for her. I'm from St. Martin and she was down there. And I just couldn't be there in the way that I wanted to be. So my wife and I finally made a decision. Hey, it was time to leave my job. It was a difficult decision because it was a job that I loved. It wasn't the the, the stepping stone, right? That was like the ultimate job for me. But I was also doing what I was doing online, and I was passionate about what I was doing online. So I, I made a direction, the, the decision to go in the direction of full-time entrepreneurship. And man, I don't regret one bit of it, man. It, it has opened up so many opportunities. I'm spending way more time with my family than ever. Uh, it, it's just great, man. That's awesome. When you made that decision, did you know it was going to be the right decision? Y- yes, but there was the, oh man, what if? <laughs> you know, right. You know, we felt as if okay, this is the direction for our family. And while it was a difficult decision and while, you know, I was nervous and afraid of what was going to happen in the future, we knew that this was the right way to go for us. Um, So there was that underlying feeling of this is the direction for our family and that helped me to kind of get through it. Now, you had something online already at that point to kind of help with the transition. What, what, What were those things? Yeah, so I I had my main blog at becomeablogger.com. So I was teaching people about blogging. I had a biology blog as well. um, And they were both doing relatively well. They weren't at the point where, you know, I could say, hey, this is going to take care of my family. Um, But I had kind of proven that I could actually do this. I was making money online. And if I knew that if I had the time to fully devote to what I'm doing online, I could make it work. And it turned out working. So you mentioned a biology blog. Was that your first blog? No, it wasn't my first blog. My first blog was all about freebie websites oh, <laughs> way gosh. back in I the days. I remember this. Yeah, I was the freebie guy. Can you, in like 30 seconds, tell us what, what that even means. Yeah, so those websites where you complete an offer, you refer friends, and the more friends you refer, you can win free prizes and so on. I started making money with that, and I started teaching people how to make money with those websites. Is that even um, a thing now? It probably still is, but just not the way it was back then. I don't know anyone that still does it personally. <laughs> and then talk about your biology blog. How? Uh, what did that look like? Yeah, so that was one that I started when I was I was teaching at a high school. Always wanted to be a university professor, uh, but I didn't have a PhD, and I didn't want to go for a PhD. So I decided I'm going to teach what I want, what I would be teaching in a university, um, but I'm going to do it on my blog. So that's exactly what I did. I started teaching, you know, neurobiology and physiology and those types of things by creating videos, putting them on YouTube, putting them on my blog, and that's how I kind of grew that one. And that's actually how you became. Professor, a university professor. Yeah, it's it's funny how that happens, right? I I wanted to be a professor, couldn't because of the lack of degree. But then I started the blog, and they saw what I was doing, and they you know offered me the job, and I said yes. <laughs> That's so amazing. So that was essentially your resume that you built exactly. Up. To, to yeah, I, I, I've always said I have this this um, idea for a book in my head. The resume is dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Okay, now I want to talk about blogging. You know, there's a lot yeah. of people who are very focused on things outside of their blog now, uh, YouTube and video and, of course, podcasting, obviously, which, you know, all of us in the, in the group do as well. But, you know, a lot of people come to me and they say, Pat, blogging is dead, I think. How do you respond to that? Oh, man, I, I, re- I respond to that by saying, man, I would rather uh, build something that I actually own and control. Now, I am all for podcasting and video, and I'm doing both of those, and I love doing that. But it's good to have that home base that you send people to, the thing that you own, the thing that you control. You control the branding. You know, you've got to spark passive income. I can see everything you want me to see the way that you want me to see it. You go to Facebook, you see what Facebook wants you to see. Um, and and uh, there, there's been so many changes with the algorithms and so on that show us that, man, we really don't have control of these platforms. So I think it's a good thing for anyone that's doing online marketing and business and so on to have their own home base that they own and they fully control. I think that's the perfect answer. Honestly, I mean, that's why I don't think blogging and owning a website is ever going away. Plus, of course, with podcasting and and even video, there are opportunities to get found in the search engines. But when you have your own blog and website, I mean, Google's still reigning uh, search. Oh, definitely. It, it, it definitely is still raining search. And there's so much that you can so much you can do when you own that 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 property. So I definitely recommend if you are into this kind of stuff, make sure to have your own blog. All right, I'm convinced. I'm convinced now. I'm going to start a blog because Leslie told me that I need to have my own home base. I'm going to put it up, and nobody's going to see it except for my mom. How do I get other people to find it? Your top two tips, if you have any. Top two tips is well. So the the pre tip to the two tips <laughs> would be to get really clear on who you're trying to target. Because if you're not clear about who those who that person is, you're not going to be in the right places to find them. So that's number one. That's like the foundation. If you know who they are, what are they struggling with? What are they searching for? So that you can create the kind of content that they're looking for, you're going to be setting yourself up for success. So that's number one. Or that's number zero. <laughs> number one then would be to, to find places where they are gathering. You know, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's on Twitter or whatever social network, YouTube or whatever the case might be. Under like choose one main platform. Learn as much as you can on, about how to get exposure on that platform and then just go all in. I, I think a lot of people try to do everything and there's so much that we can be doing in 2017, 2018 now um, that I, I think we really need to think about, hey, where can I focus so that I can have the biggest bang for the time that I'm actually investing? So you understand who you are, who you're trying to reach. You, you choose your main platform that you want to focus on. And then, you know, I'm going to give a tip that I don't typically do because I think it's something that so many of us bloggers kind of neglect. I want you to come from behind the blog and actually go out there and connect with people in person. You know, we do this a lot by going to conferences and events and those kinds of things. And I think that's so valuable because you are able to connect with other people in your space and the relationships that come from that can can result in so many magical opportunities. So those are going to be two quick tips. I can give like 50 if you want, but we're going to keep it simple for right now. (laughs) For everybody who wants more tips, however, where can they go? Oh, they can go to becomeablogger.com. That's where I share all things blogging. Nice. And then let's let's do one more question for yeah. um, the hypothetical person who has tens of thousands of followers already on 
let's say Instagram or maybe a lot of viewership and a lot of subscribers on YouTube, but they don't yet have a home base. What would be the best approach to help their blog get started if they already have an audience somewhere else? Yeah, I, I would tell them to create the ideal free resource. Um, the, the thing that they always get that, that question about, it, you know, they, your audience always asks you about how to do such and such, how to solve a specific problem, create that free resource. And then I would actually uh, encourage you to, to set up like a landing page on your blog and send people directly to that. You want to get them from social media onto an email list. And I think you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck from that because it's not just a one-off visit. Now they're on your email list. You can nurture a relationship with them at a deeper level. You could send them more valuable content and all kinds of tips that's going to help them to know, like, and trust you even more. And from there, of course, you can continue sending them to your blog when you have great content for them to consume. So I would, I would encourage you, if you have that audience that are ready, create that ideal thing that will be easy for you to convince them that they need to get access to that and send them directly to that squeeze page to get access to it. I love that. You know, a lot of people want to become Instagram famous or YouTube <laughs> famous. I mean, what happened to the people who were Vine famous? I know, right? <laughs> and then Vine went away and they didn't put in these strategies to collect emails and build that audience somewhere else where they can control. Nobody knows about them anymore. Exactly. Love exactly. It. Love it. Leslie, hey, thank you so much for coming on and, and providing a lot of great wisdom in such a short period of time. And uh, we're going to get into the other group members in just a moment. But uh, hey, becomeablogger.com. That's where you can go and find more of Leslie. Thanks again, man. Hey, thanks you so much. Hey, thanks, Leslie. Appreciate it. Now, let's move on to Michael Stelzner, a fellow San Diegan and great friend of mine and founder of Social Media Examiner and one of my favorite conferences that is also here in my backyard in San Diego, Social Media Marketing World, which I am so excited to be keynoting this coming year. And uh, if you are searching for different conferences to go to, I would highly recommend to go to this one. There's going to be a lot of people. I will be doing the closing keynote, and I'd love to meet you. I'm going to be doing some meetups there too. So if you want to go through my affiliate link, yes, I do get paid a commission if you go through this link, but I just wanted to share it with you, smartpassiveincome.com slash SMMW, and you'll see all the different ticket options there uh, that give you access to various things at different prices. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash SMMW. Now let's get right to Michael Stelzner. Hey, Mike, thanks uh, again for coming on the show. I think this is your second time on the show. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Pat, for having me. I'm super stoked to be back. Yeah, this is great. And the one thing I know you've been working on more than anything, I mean, obviously, there's social media marketing world, and I'm just, first of all, I just need to announce this publicly. Thank you so much for selecting me to be the uh, closing keynote at um, the event uh, this year. I'm so, I'm so excited. I hope everybody who's listening will um, at least contemplate the opportunity of coming, not just to watch me, but to be a part of my favorite event uh, that happens every single year here in San Diego. So thank you just so much, Mike, for that opportunity. I can't think of a better guy to, uh, I'll be opening it, you'll be closing it. It's the one-two punch, my man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it is. And, and you're doing something very interesting to help to uh, get, gain awareness for that event this year. And it's this thing called The Journey. Would you mind sharing with everybody what The Journey is and, and what that's been like for you? Yeah, it's a uh, short form video documentary that's kind of split up over many, many weeks. It's kind of like a TV show, I think is the easiest way to describe it. Uh, the central character is is a, uh, a business man, an entrepreneur on an impossible journey to grow his product 62% year over year and then another 100% uh, the following year. And um, he's facing 
uh, unforeseen challenges and giants and triumphs. And it's the true unaltered, you know, um, uh, journey that I am going on with my business. And it's, it's been really a fascinating, um, fascinating process to go and film all that stuff. What gave you the idea to go this extreme with the behind the scenes of everything? Well, I, first of all, I'm a reality show junkie, Pat. So, um, I love watching, you know, survivor. I've watched all 35 seasons. I even got a chance to have lunch with one of the co-executive producers of survivor. And, um, there's just something cool about how those reality shows nowadays, like the business ones, like you think of shark tank and you think of the profit, which are two of my favorites. Uh, it's just, there's this unsatiable appetite in the business world for this kind of content. And I just thought to myself, you know, I'm kind of a quirky character and there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens. What if I filmed it? And what if I really edited it down and made it really tight? Would anybody watch it? And, um, it was just another great experiment. So for you, I mean, I know you're already doing a lot of things and you're very busy with getting ready for the show. Um, how are you able to fit this in? How, how are you able to execute on it? Well, it, it is a big, it is a challenge because this is now the third show that I do every week. I have my podcast and then I have my live show and now I have this. The good news is this is actually one of the easier things that I do because I just have a cameraman who's basically here in the office who's documenting the things that happen as they happen. The time consuming part of it is the art direction of me. I'm, I, I sit with him like three to five hours a week, like just taking this all this content taken down to 20 minutes and 15, then 12. So I've had to cut some things off of my schedule. But the reason why I'm spending so much time on this is because of the reaction that I'm getting from the community. And you know this, Pat, when you try something and then everybody says that they love it, it's kind of fuel and it gets you through the hard times. Absolutely. That, that's for sure. And, what, and one thing that I think you do very well with the show in terms of art direction is you tell a story in every single episode. And I think that's something a lot of people can learn from, you know, behind the scenes stuff is great but if we're just seeing what you're eating and just kind of going through your day like normal there isn't that much compelling stuff but every episode has been super compelling how do you come up with a story for each of those episodes well um there is a natural story arc to preparing for a a conference um and there's a lot of things that go into it so what we do is we just kind of start a bunch of different stories and we track them in a document and then we we be sure to kind of bring them back and revisit you know, as we're making progress or learning or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, it is, you know, and we also try to mix, uh, uh funny stuff into it, which is something kind of creative that we do. Like a lot of people take their outtakes and they, they put them at the end. Well, we put it all through the video. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> so the outtakes are all over the thing, but, but the general story arc is that we always start the video with, a, with something called a hook. And the hook is like a little three or four seconds that's in the latter third of the video that gets people to want to stick around to watch it. And then we always end every video with a cliffhanger. And a cliffhanger is like a little tease of something crazy that's coming in the next video. And and in the end, it, it kind of creates this ability for someone to binge watch it. And as of this recording, we just are about to um, – uh, come out with episode number nine. And it's kind of fun to see people come midstream into the show and then go back and say that I've just spent an hour binge watching it. And you know, Pat, that is like content marketing at its essence. Where else would someone spend that much time watching a video about a business that is specifically selling a product? And and But we're not actually calling the product out. Instead, we're trying to figure out how to best position the product. So there's always something educational, always something funny. 
sometimes stuff dramatic, but in the end, those story arcs just kind of carry through the whole series. Absolutely. We'll put a link to where people can go and find the journey in the show notes of uh, episode 300 here. Um, what was... Just journey.show as the short URL in case anybody wants to get there. Journey.show. Yeah, that'll get them right to YouTube. Perfect. Thank you. And, and, and what I also love about this is you're selling a product, you're selling this event, but you aren't actually selling it in a way that's very traditional where you're actually you know, pitching like it, like it would be an advertisement. There's no call to action for the product at all. The call to action is actually to, 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 to um, either go back and watch the, 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 the show from the beginning uh, or to subscribe to, you know, YouTube. And uh, we, we purposely omitted any kind of um, direct selling at all. Uh, but what we are doing, Pat, is we are remarketing to people that watch the journey on Facebook and uh-huh. on YouTube. So anybody who watches, like, for example, 25% of one of the episodes will be remarketed on Facebook to watch the next 25, I mean, to watch the next video. So, cause we want to get them hooked on the show. And then anybody who watches at least four episodes, they'll see a special video from me that says, Hey, join the 5,000, uh, be part of the story. So that's kind of how we're indirectly, that's how we're using the data that comes from the show to, to ultimately market to those who are the most avid watchers of the show. And is that just done through Facebook's tools and resources that they offer to everybody? And, and with YouTube, because YouTube allows all that through the, the Google side of things, and then Facebook allows that on the Facebook. On, on Facebook, uh, you can say that, you can say target everybody who watched this video, you know, this video, this video, and this video. So typically, like, it's wow. the first four, you know, and, and, and show them this particular ad. Talk about targeting your biggest fans and people who are engaged with you. I mean, there's... I'm imagining that's performing. How is that performing? (laughs) Well, it's just, we just started doing it. So I don't know yet, but people are already talking about the ads on social. Yeah. And, and funny enough, we even have people doing like podcast episodes on our show. And this is how, you know, you're doing something well, Pat is when people actually share what you're doing, right. Then, then, you know, you've hit a chord and it's just, it's fascinating. We had so much crazy stories. We had a guy out of Australia who owns a closed captioning company, offer to do all the closed captioning for the show for free. Wow. We've, had, we've had people send me videos about ways I can improve my sales page. I mean, it's just like people are coming out of the woodwork trying to help us just as a result of watching the show. It's really fascinating. That is really cool. You had mentioned a number not too long ago, the number 5,000. What, what does that mean? Oh, okay. Good, good question. Um, so our goal is to get 5,000 people to our, to social media marketing world. Last year we had 3,100. So that's 62% growth. And then the next year is 10,000. So we refer to them as the 5,000. And throughout the series, if you watch the journey, you can kind of see how we, we talk about where we're occasionally talk about where we're at or how we're not quite there. And, um, those that watch the show kind of know what that means. 5,000 people in one space. That's that's quite a bit. Why? Why the uh, the big growth? I mean, sixty two percent from last year. I mean, thirty one hundred is is huge. I mean, why are you going? Why are you going big here? Because I believe that. Uh, well, first of all, we have the San Diego Convention Center, home of Comic Con. Yes, we do. <laughs> so we we have we have plenty of room to grow. Secondly, um, I believe that this event can really make a big difference in people's lives, and I'm just a dreamer, you know. And in the end, I just want to try to make a difference in as many people's lives as possible. And we have a gargantuous audience. I think it's achievable. I know it's not going to come easy, but you got to put a number out there, and that's our number. Um, I don't know if we're going to make it. But if we don't, the whole world will see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if we do, we'll be celebrating. And if we don't, you know, we'll learn from it and we'll keep pushing towards that 10,000 goal for 2019. 
Great, Mike. Well, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it and help out, obviously, everybody who wants to uh, check out Social Media Marketing World. I have an affiliate link for that in the show notes, or you can go to smartpassiveincome.com slash SMMW. And again, remember, journey.show to check out the journey, and I would recommend that's where you start. Um, Mike, any any uh, final words for people who are maybe just, you know, I don't know if I should go to San Diego or not to come to this event. Why, why in your words, should people come? Well, first of all, a uh, virtual ticket is an option. And Pat, I'm sure you'll have a link for that as well. We have thousands of people that, that get the content remotely. But simply said, it's professional development. When you, um, as, as an entrepreneur, are in this world where you're trying to grow your business and you know that social media can help you, but you struggle because it seems to be changing constantly. If you could come to a place where you could get immersive three days of training and walk away with all the knowledge that you need to take it to the next level, that's how you can get a return on investment with something like that. In addition, there's so many amazing people as you know, Pat, that come to this conference and you could find your next mastermind partner there. You could find your next business partner there. And sometimes when we operate by ourselves, you know, out of our house or wherever, it's kind of lonely and coming together where everybody shares all these things in common is kind of, I don't know, hard to explain, but magical. Yeah. I mean, you're creating many opportunities for the relationships you're building at conferences like this. And with 5,000 people there, it can seem a little bit overwhelming, but I'll, I promise you that Mike and his team over there do a wonderful job of making everything easy and not overwhelming for people. They they, they, take, they take special care uh, of everybody there. It's one of the most well-run events I've ever been to. So Mike, just thank you so much for your time today and good luck on the journey. Thank you, Pat. All right, that was Michael Stelzner, everybody from Social Media Marketing World. I hope you'll join us in February and again, thanks again, Mike, for the opportunity to uh, be there for you and everybody else who, who's going to be in the audience. So awesome. Now we're going to move on to another member of the group, Cliff Ravenscraft, who, like I said in the beginning, was the other person besides myself who started this group. It was actually just a two-man show for a while until we invited these other members in. And so I'm excited to bring Cliff on because I got to know him originally as the podcast answer man. And he's been on the SPA podcast a couple times before. He still is the podcast answer man and still is the go-to guy for some of the top-level podcasting consulting and equipment packages and programs. But he's also making a pivot into another realm where he utilizes his newly found zone of genius. And it's something that he's always had, but he is now putting into practice a little bit more, uh, not aggressively, but just more purposefully. And I'm excited to share with you his new direction and what he's up to because he was very open and honest and transparent with all of this. So let's get right into it. This is Cliff Ravenscraft. Guys, I'm so excited to welcome back Cliff Ravenscraft to the show. Cliff, thank you, my man, for being back uh, once again. Pat, I am always honored to be on your show. Great to talk with you every week, but man, to be in front of your audience again, such an honor and a privilege. Thank you. For episode 300, and you were in episode, I think, 13 and, and maybe another one. I mean, we've been friends for so long, and we've been a part of this mastermind group together. Actually, quick story, Cliff and I were the ones who actually created uh, this mastermind group back in, what what year was that? October 2010. Oh, I love that you know the month, too. So. We've been around for a long time, and we helped put this group together. I mean, I know a lot of people want to get into a mastermind group, but honestly, this one has been so successful, and it was just Cliff and I who um, came together and, and recruited the right people, and uh, it's, it's just been amazing. So, you know, Cliff, like, thank you for uh, helping to get this started with me. Dude, uh, it, it was a life transformational experience, and... I can't even begin to imagine what life would be like today had we not started the Green Room Mastermind. Right. 
uh, I was just talking to some of the other guys about how incredible some of the moments were uh, in, in some of the conversations we've had in the group, not just strategically, but also uh, mentally, spiritually within um, just our, 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 our lives. And, um, you know, what I want to talk about today is this thing called the zone of genius. This is something you've introduced to the group recently, and everybody in the group has read this uh, book that I want you to recommend to the audience now. And I, I want to talk about this book and, and what this idea of zone of genius means and, and how it's influenced you. Well, the book is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, and it would, was recommended to me for over a year by my friend Dan Miller, and finally got around to reading it, and now I understand exactly why he wanted me to read this book. And it has everything to do with two different principles. One is the, this thing called the upper limit problem, but it sounds to me like you want to focus more on the secondary message of the book, which is how are you operating in the work that you do? And there are four different zones. Many of us, unfortunately, uh, in some positions, we've been forced to work in our zone of incompetence. This is things where we're actually getting paid or we're actually doing things that we're not all that great at doing. There are a lot of people out there who could do things much better than we can. And the goal, of course, for everyone is to operate within the work that they're doing to spend as little time if zero, if possible, time in our zone of incompetence. The next zone is our zone of competence. These are things that we're good at, but the thing is, is these are things that other people are just as good at, if not a whole lot better. There are people out there who could do these jobs better than we could, and at the very least, they could do them just as good as we have. We can do them, which means that what we're doing either could be seen as a commodity, uh, we could be easily replaced. Uh, we, we really don't have the opportunity to stand out if we're doing a lot of work or spending a lot of our time doing things within our zone of competence. Then there is the zone of excellence. And now for me, Pat, I thought that forever, that as an entrepreneur, self-employed business owner, I really felt like the zone of excellence was the quote unquote mission, purpose, and goal in life. Right. And that is where in your zone of excellence, you're doing work that is, you have the unique gifts and talents to do this work. You have maybe done it enough to where You've risen to the top of the field. You can actually do this work better than practically everyone else out there. You stand out. You shine. This is what – I mean you become like known for this. And almost you get to the place where you could continue to do this. It's extremely profitable for you. But at some point, it becomes at such a point of your zone of excellence that it's it comes to you naturally and it comes to you easily. There's no more risk involved. You could continue to do this for years and years and it's repeatable, but unfortunately it becomes boring. And 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 I had a, I had come to this place of zone of excellence when it came to my podcast coaching and consulting. And then this book, The Big Leap, says, well, there's not just those three zones, but there is this other zone and it's called your zone of of genius. This zone of genius is this thing that if you ask yourself the question, man, what do I love to do so much that when I'm doing it, time just flows? Time just flies by. What is something that I love to do that I could do it all day long and never get bored? What is it that I love to do that w right after I finish doing that thing, I say to myself, ah, now that's why I do what I do. If you can come to some answers uh, in relation to those questions, that will help point you towards what's called your zone of genius. 
And what I realized is that and, – and ideally, the goal is to spend a majority of your work life operating within your zone of genius because then all of a sudden everything you do is producing results well in excess of anything you ever dreamed imaginable before. Like you could spend 15 minutes in your zone of genius and that could produce results beyond spending 20, 30, or 40 hours in a given week inside of your zone of excellence. And we're talking financially, but we're also talking relationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're talking about every area of life. And so what happened is I read this book, Pat, and I said, oh my gosh, I realized that podcasting A to Z for the last two and a half, maybe even three years now has become a zone of excellence for me. And there's only uh, portions of what I'm doing inside of podcasting A to Z and teaching people how to uh, launch a podcast that I really truly enjoy and it's where I tap into this zone of genius every now and then and when I read this book I'm like okay that's it I want to make it a goal to spend a minimum of 80 percent uh, of my work week the work that I do I want to get to the place where a minimum of 80 percent of my work week is inside of my zone of genius and I thought that that would take a transition of a couple months but uh, in fact, I will tell you that within 30 days of making that decision, I had completely shut down every single stream of income that I had basically relied on, like <laughs> all of my income from the past eight years, completely shut it off and then created three brand new products uh, to completely surrounding my zone of genius and have more than replaced. I've actually doubled my income as a result of uh, leaving the zone of excellence and pursuing the zone of genius. Oh, wow. Okay. So three products. What What are those products, and and why does that allow you, or how does that allow you to be in your zone of genius? So my zone of genius, by the way, is mentoring people, helping people change their beliefs about who they are and what they're able to achieve, and helping them break free from limiting beliefs, and helping them expand their mindset of what's possible, and specifically uh, mentoring people who have lived a lifetime as an employee who are transitioning from an unfulfilling day job into building a profitable, successful online business, doing the work you love, living the life that you of your dreams so that you can actually do your greatest you can actually do the work that you feel most called to do in this world. That is my greatest passion. And it's it, matter of fact, it's why I have loved pe- teaching people how to podcast. And I didn't know this. Yeah. I, you know, I thought that I was, I just love teaching. I thought that I just, I had a gift for the technical ins and outs of podcasting. But what I discovered, Pat, was what drove me all of those years was helping people who had these unfulfilling day jobs get their message out into the world and then seeing all of a sudden as a result of putting their message out into the world that all of a sudden a dream was born inside of them or actually rediscovered. And they said, oh, I wonder what life could be like if I could do this for a living. And that's what drove me. I love that. And what I, like, I remember in some of the calls that we've had, you've, you've even brought a lot of case studies based on a lot of your podcasting work, talking about specific people and what they've said about what you've done for them through the work that you've done with podcasting. But it was much more than podcasting. And it's cool that you've kind of now noticed this pattern with how you taught. And this is like really what's firing you up now. So 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 what are those products so we can we can introduce them to people in case they want to get involved or, or just kind of understand how you made this transition? Yeah. So I, by the way, I was doing podcasting A to Z, which used to be a four week training course. I did it six times a year. I gave 20 people unlimited access to ask me anything they wanted for four weeks. 
So in essence, if you think about the six months out of the year that I was doing it, mm-hmm. and then you take about three months total marketing that, I spent about nine year, nine months out of the year every year for the last eight years to generate an average of $20,000 per month. Now, shutting that down completely, completely elim- eliminated all of that income. So I started to think, what am I doing that can replace that. So I have these next level workshops, which is a one and a half day event, which teaches people how to build a profitable online business around your podcasting efforts. And I started those back in June before I read the book. And this is where it's 14 people paid $2,000 a person to travel to Northern Kentucky to sit here in the Next Level Studio, my home that I built specifically for this purpose of training small groups of people in workshops. And so I take people who have been podcasting for quite some time and they haven't figured out how to monetize yet or they are trying to monetize, but they're making, they're making less than $5,000 a month. And I say, come to this workshop and I will teach you the step-by-step formula or framework for how to build your online business. And the problem most of you have is you've started with step number eight, which is create content. So we're going to back you up to steps one through seven and we're going to teach you why you're not making any money and we're going to fix that problem. That, Pat, I, the first time I did it, I was freaked out. and like, oh my gosh, who am I to be charging anybody $2,000 to come to my house to, to teach them how to build an online business? Mm-hmm. And, and how, you know, what are the results going to be? Is anybody going to sign up? And then people came. And after they left the very first time, Pat, I said, man, if I could do, that was the most exciting thing I've ever done in my business in the past 10 years. And if I could do one of those every month from this point forward, I would never have to do A to Z again. That was what started all of this. So there, so basically I do the next level workshop. And by the way, there is a day with Cliff add-on. So, so one person can choose to go through the workshop but also spend an extra day. And that is 7500 So this thing is generating about thirty grand plus per weekend. And that I, I can do that as often as I want, but I probably will only do about three or four of them a year because I have some other things that I'm doing. You know that I host the, the Green Room Mastermind, mm-hmm. and I know just how transformational, how you can benefit from the education, experience, influence, and even the resources of every other person in the group and how you can accomplish more in one year through the Mastermind Principle than you can ever think of achieving even in an entire lifetime on your own. So there's so much about the mastermind principle, and I'm like, it's been a dream of mine to do a paid mastermind ever since I heard our mutual friend, Ray Edwards, doing a paid mastermind. And when he told me years ago that he was going to launch a paid mastermind where he's going to charge people $1,000 per month, it reminded me of the time when I first learned about the mastermind principle right before you and I started ours. And I remember thinking, it's like, oh my gosh, there are people out there that charge $120,000 or $60,000 a year for a mastermind. And I'm thinking, that's ridiculous. And so I, I said, hey, Pat, let's just start one of our own. Mm-hmm. And we did. But then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? I do see the value in this now. And so it's been a dream of mine to do a paid mastermind. And fi- I actually did one for two years called the podcast mastermind. But I was charging so little and I was giving so much of my time that – it it wasn't the best use of my resources. So I ended up shutting down the podcast mastermind after two years, but then recently launched the next level mastermind. These are people specifically who are 
in that transition from full-time self-employment or they're already full-time self-employed or from the life of the employee to full-time self-employment. And they're anywhere on this spectrum. But the goal here is to get them from making just a few thousand dollars per month to at minimum of $10,000 a month and well beyond. And so knowing all the things that I've learned in my own journey for 10 years, but also being in a mastermind group with people like you, Ray Edwards, Mark Mason, Leslie Samuel, and Michael Stelzner, you just imagine, and with the mentors that I have, like Dan Miller, Michael Hyatt, how much I've learned over the years where I could just take these people who are already experiencing some income and then just teaching them a couple tweaks and helping them expand their mindset about pricing and all this other stuff. It's like, wow, I want to mentor these people, but I also want to give them a real mastermind experience. And so I started that uh, and it was going to be $1,000 per month. I was going to do two groups with up to 12 people per group. I just launched it four weeks ago. And Pat, I just added my seventh person today. That's awesome. That's so cool. And so, and then also, so if you think about this, by the end of this year, I fully anticipate the Next Level Mastermind having 24 people between two different groups. So if you think about it, that's $24,000 a month in, now the meetings are an hour each week, so it's two meetings. But if you figure the the time invested in before and after the meeting, following up, getting recordings out to them, all of that stuff, about four hours per week. I'm already making more than I did with nine months of my life devoted to A to Z. But then on top of the $24,000 per month from mastermind groups, now I also have the next level workshops, which generate, if I do them in a weekend, somewhere between $28,000 to as much as, you know, dollars <laughs> $34,000 in a weekend. And then I'm also hosting my very first conference, which is going to be September 7th, 8th, and 9th in Franklin, Tennessee, and it's going to be a 300-person event minimum, and it's the tickets, the minimum ticket is a $999 price point, so $1,000 per person, and if you think about that, and I've already hired my event planner, they've already done events of this size for other people, I already know that my cost is going to be somewhere between fifty dollars to $70,000. And if you figure if I sell this thing out, which I fully anticipate that I will, that's going to be $300,000 income, $70,000 of expenses. I'll walk away in one weekend in 2018 with $230,000 in profit. And not only that, I mean, imagine the lives that are going to be changed uh, as as a result of that. That's exactly right. So what I'm saying is that by pursuing my zone of genius, and my zone of genius is helping transform people's lives. My, my zone of genius is taking somebody who has this desire, this dream to escape the lifetime of the employee and to help them fulfill this dream of going out and having a powerful, positive impact in the lives of people with what their gift, what their talent, what they were created to most do in this world, basically freeing them from this 60, 70 hour a, way, uh, hour a week job where they're making, you know, I don't know, 20 bucks an hour, 30 bucks an hour. Some, By the way, I have some clients that are, are making $800,000 a year and they're working 65 hours a week and they're unfulfilled. But helping people like that even, so anywhere on the spectrum, getting people who are devoting a majority of their waking life in a job that doesn't bring fulfillment to them and helping them break free from that 
and going out and doing work that allows them to, to actually do what they feel most called to do in this world. That is what that's my zone of genius, helping people change their beliefs about who they are and what they're able to achieve. And by creating three different streams of income that allow me to completely 100% devote 80% or more of my time operating, doing that, helping people with that transformation, that's what I'm saying is that when you operate within your zone of genius, it is within a shorter period of time you have greater impact, greater influence, and much bigger returns. Not definitely financially, I've talked about. You can obviously hear about the influence, but also the fact that just residual influence that those people are going to have in the world. So it's not just transforming their lives, but the lives that they will then transfer or transform. This is it's mind blowing, and I it yeah the big leap. Gay Hendricks, I highly encourage people to read the book. Thank you, Cliff. Wow, just super powerful, and I love the direction you're going into because you're obviously going to have an even bigger impact than you were already having, um, and you've made a huge impact on my life as well. Where can people go to uh, see all these things happen and, and follow you and, and, and uh, get involved if they wanted to? Sure. The best place to go is cliffravenscraft.com, and click on the Work With Me page. You'll see all the different things that I'm offering out into the world. Nice. Thanks, Cliff. Hey, man, we appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to our next uh, mastermind call. Thanks, Pat. Bye. You know, one of the things I love about Cliff in the group in particular is he seems to ask all the right questions. And when it comes to coaching, when it comes to giving advice to others, um, sometimes it's more about asking the right questions versus just telling somebody what to do. So, Cliff, I, I appreciate you so much, brother, for uh, being there for all of us and everybody in the world who's going to learn from your zone of genius. And I cannot wait to see how big this thing grows for you because it's it's going to get very very big, I'm sure. All right, next in the lineup here as we have two more left, uh, this is Mark Mason from LateNightIM.com, which is Late Night Internet Marketing. And he's known in, in our world for the person who has a great and secure corporate job, yet still does internet marketing on the side late at night, which I think a lot of you can resonate with. A lot of people go to Mark's stuff because he's the one who's able to balance all of that. And for people who just want something on the side or maybe want to try something new but don't yet want to just go full force quitting their job yet, Mark is the guy to go to. And we have a interesting history together, which I talk about right in the beginning of our interview here. So let's not wait any longer. This is Mark Mason from LateNightIM.com. Mark Mason back on the show since episode number three. Mark, no, no, episode number two. Right, episode two. First guest ever on smart passive income. That's huge. That's huge. And here we are now together with the other uh, members of the green room in episode 300. So what I love about uh, you, Mark, is, is that you were one of the first people to really start to follow me in my journey back when we were in Internet Business Mastery together. Um, and, and just so many things have happened since then. I'd love to get an update from you in terms of what's been happening on your end since uh, you know, the Internet Business Mastery Days since episode two, when I think last time people heard of you uh, here on the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I'm the guy with a day job who's making uh, the side hustle thing work. I've had lots of successes in that time uh, and have enjoyed watching you grow from a guy who was trying to figure out how to write and sell his first ebook to somebody who's enabled, God, I don't know, 
Pat, how many hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs to get started or maybe millions now? I mean, it, it's quite a journey from that, that time back in 2008 to where we are now. It's, it's very exciting. But I think the, the the thing that you and I both value so highly, and this is apparent because that's where we met. We met in a group in sort of a mastermind situation through Internet Business Mastery, and and here we are uh, a decade essentially later, still valuing the importance of a mastermind group. And we've met weekly with the Green Room and and the other guys that are here. Uh, why, in your words, would you say that you know this mastermind thing has been so important to you, just even from the start? Yeah, I think there's two things, really, at least. One is the idea of like-minded people giving you encouragement that you can do it. In your case, um, it's an example that people see in the group of the things that you do. Um, and the the experience from wide varieties of, of points of view. So we have people that are heavily focused on podcasting with Cliff. Mike Stelzner's got all this business experience in his in the big startup that he's built up to where he's got you know literally a building full of employees now i work in a big corporate america environment and bring 25 years of business experience and i mean it's just all those diverse points of view really open up the possibilities for how to creatively solve problems and get things to the next level that's the thing i really really love about it besides the personal relationships and encouragement the diversity of thought is super powerful. What are some memorable moments for you in our group? If you know, I know when we speak together, it's always confidential. But is there anything that uh, you wouldn't mind sharing about what the group has been able to help you with personally? You know, I think um, uh, we all have just you know, in full transparency, we all have, and I know, I'm sure you have, Pat. I mean, I know we've talked about this, but I have times when I doubt myself, you know, when I, when the next level, whether you're starting at the very beginning or you're at the very top of the world, the next level is still the next level. It's the place you haven't been before. And I think one of the big challenges of that is the self doubt and the uncertainty and, and the lack of clarity about how to get there and to, to execute and what the plan is. And, and, you know, there have been several times over the last years where I've not been sure about what to do next, how to proceed, you know, whether or not to, you know, increase my focus on my online presence compared to my day job, all these things. And it's those moments where you have the, the honest feedback of people that really care about you um, that, that have made the difference for me over the years. Yeah, I mean, we get very personal with each other in the group, and we help each other, all of us, struggle through things, and we've, we've always been there for each other, which is why I think this mastermind thing is so important. You, especially over time, once you uh, get together with a gr great group of people and you trust each other and you know how to help each other, because everybody responds in a different way, too. I think that that's the other thing. Um, it just excels the entire group in a whole, and a lot of it is is the mindset stuff versus the strategy and the tactics although there are a lot of that too um speaking of strategies and tactics you know you're the guy who is making online business work while uh, also managing and, and doing very great things in the corporate world which i know can resonate with a lot of the listeners here what tips would you have for somebody who wants to do what you're doing they they like their job or, or they know they have to stick with it at least but they also want to start something on the side i think a lot of people think they have to do one or the other 
but how would one approach being able to actually manage both? Yeah, I think it, you know, there's three quick hits on that one. One is be absolutely clear on where you're headed because you can't afford to be distracted. So you need to have a very clear vision of where you're going and the, the how you're going to get there is something that comes, but the where you want to end up, that's a really, really important piece. And once you've got that, I think you need to be satisfied with incremental progress consistently, but completely dissatisfied with no progress. I tell people that, are, that I'm working with and I'm helping with side gigs, make progress every day. That should be the standard. Even if it's just a little progress, make progress every day. And when you integrate up that progress over months and years on your journey with a clear focus to where you're going, you'd be amazed at how much progress um, that you can make over that period of time. And then the third thing, of course, is never, ever quit. Most of the side gig hustlers and internet entrepreneurs that I see in general, the ones that fail, they so many of them fail because they quit too soon. And Pat, I know you have this story. You almost quit the SPI blog. Can you imagine? I mean, it sounds so ridiculous that there was a moment of uncertainty where you almost gave up the SPI blog as, as useless, as a useless business venture. But that's really what it was. So many people make that mistake. And that's the third piece of advice is just don't quit. How do you define clear vision? How do you understand where it is you want to go on the side? Yeah, so I think it gets down to this idea of what is it that you actually uh, want to accomplish? You know, what is it that you want to accomplish? In my case, one of the big things that I want to accomplish is to help people. So when I get, when I start with that vision in mind of building a business where I'm able to help people, then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, what can I create that will help people that I can sustain in the presence of this job? And you start to build this vision of things that can be accomplished that are aligned with your core kind of mission that you're trying to do. I mean, obviously, I want my side business to be profitable. That's important to me. But that's not the most important thing to me. Really, the most important thing is the satisfaction that I get from it because I'm not paying my light bill with this business, right? I'm, I'm doing it for a, a lot of reasons, only one of which is financial. Yeah, I love that. Help people, right? And I think that when people are trying to determine, you know, how they can best get started, honestly, the, the, the best offering that I can give is, well, what skills do you have that you can offer other people? Um, and no, it's not passive. It's never going to start passive, actually. Becoming passive in the income that you generate is always essentially the last step. But I think um, people try to get there too fast. And really, like you said, it's not about the dollars. It's about how much you're helping. And as you know, I always say, your earnings are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. And so um, you, you've always done a great job uh, at Late Night IM to, to help people uh, – any words of wisdom before we finish off for those who have tried something, they've started something on the side, they're not seeing results, they understand they need to persist, but you know, there's that thought in the back of their head that you know maybe this isn't for them and they should just stick with their full-time job. Yeah, I think it's really easy to become discouraged and you need to, under, you need to unpack that. And sometimes that discouragement can be coming from the fact that you need some good advice about how to tweak what you're doing. A mastermind can really, really help you there. Sometimes the discouragement, though, 
can be because you've got your own limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And you may not know that you have these beliefs. And these are not just for broken people. I mean, the the Mark Masons and the Pat Flynn's and the Cliff Ravenscrafts, we all have these limiting beliefs that we work on clearing out and moving to the side. And so if you're feeling discouraged, you really need to unpack why that is and address that because the opportunities out there are really unlimited, only limited by your imagination. But if your imagination is harnessed by limiting beliefs, I think that's something that you need to address and and really understand and get past. So good. Mark, thank you so much. Where can people go and find you? Hey, I'm at latenightinternetmarketing.com, and if that's too much typing for you, you can shorten it to latenightim.com. <laughs> I'd love to see you there. Well, Mark, thanks all, uh, as always. Appreciate it, bro. Thanks, man. See you soon. All right, Mark Mason from Late Night IM, everybody. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for all the support throughout these years, man, and uh, I'm just super thankful to have you in my life. Now, to finish off the show, I'm so stoked to uh, have Ray Edwards back on the podcast. He is who I consider the godfather of copywriting and a person who came on to teach his pastor method a while back in a, in a recent episode. And again, all these links and resources mentioned in this particular episode is gonna be on the show notes for episode 300, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 300, as always. Uh, but Ray is an amazing, generous, super smart, loving, caring person who I was just so thankful to have spent a couple days with in Tennessee last year, and uh, it was some of the coolest conversations I've ever had with anybody, really, speaking to him in person, and I'm just very thankful that he's back on the show and to share some of what he's been up to, including uh, a really interesting announcement that might surprise a lot of you, which you might remember from the very, very first part of this episode. Uh, So let's get right into it. This is Ray Edwards from rayedwards.com. Ray Edwards, welcome back to the SPI podcast. Thank you so much for being here once again. You asked me back. You like me. You I really like, like me. Actually, everybody loved you, Ray. This is episode 182, oh. which was about frameworks for writing copy. A very technical episode where you broke down for us how to write copy better uh, from your pastor model and a number of other things that you're known for. Um, but I'm excited to have you back to just be with the other guys here in the group. And obviously, we're not all live together, but uh, everybody uh, was. Um, everybody had already been introduced to everybody else. So I'd love to finish off with you today and just... First of all, thank you, but also um, get to know kind of what, what are you up to right now? Like, what are the big things that are going on for you in your business? We've got a new program we started called the Prosperity Academy, which is we help entrepreneurs grow their business with purpose, not just to make money and pile up a fortune, but that's okay. But there has to be a bigger reason behind it. So that's what the Academy is all about. And then I'm, I've got a book that I'm publishing called Permission to Prosper, which is helping people get over their hangups about having money and helping them understand the idea that when you prosper, it helps everybody. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And there's one other thing. I don't know if, if it's okay if I can mention it here. You can let me know. If not, and then I can edit it out. But if you're listening to this right now, you probably know that I'm going to say it anyway because I hadn't edited this, this part out. Anyway, um, you had also purchased a coffee shop. Oh, yeah. That is a big thing that's going on. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Like, how did I, how did I not like, even answer that? What, what, why? Why? <laughs> Well, um, it's funny. I've got a few reasons, but the the biggest reason was this had been a place where Sean and I, my son, and I had hung out a lot and done a lot of work there because we just love the vibe of being in a coffee shop. There's something about it, as you know, that 
just gives you a certain energy. And they were going to close it. It had been open for five years, and they were going to close it, not because it wasn't successful, but because they were just, it was a couple, married couple, and they're in their 60s, they have grandkids, and they, they were like, well, we're just tired of doing this. Mm-hmm. And Sean came home one day and said, I got sad news, they're going to close the coffee shop, but I have an idea, let's buy it. And it took a little while for me to come around, but we bought it because I didn't want to see that community of people go away. Yeah, All those people who come in and gather with different ideas, different groups of people, different ages and generations, and even like different religious groups and non-religious groups. And it just was a great community hub where people were able to coexist in a way that I thought was beautiful. And I didn't want to see that go away. So we bought it. So it would stay. That's so cool. And then now you are able to help it grow even more through the knowledge that you have in entrepreneurship and, and copy. I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what have you done, if anything, already? Because this is fairly new to help with uh, the exposure of the coffee shop and the business um, based on your experience. Well, we started out by doing some Yelp ads and some Facebook ads, which immediately increased revenue. And one of the one of the most genius things we did, Pat, was uh, we instituted a new policy. And that was whenever anybody bought something at the cash register, we had our people say, and what else would you like with that? Nice. And, and the average average sale went up by about a third, just no by asking that simple question. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't really rocket science. But we're just getting ready to do a, a planning meeting where we're going to kick in our marketing muscle, so to speak. And we'll be doing some podcasts and live feed episodes about that, That's kind so of chronicling cool. that journey so people can see that you can take these ideas that we learn about online business and you can apply them to real-world entrepreneurial retail establishments, and they work like crazy. That's awesome. Where uh, Do you mind sharing the name of the coffee shop and like where it is or – Oh, sure. No problem. It's called, of course I don't mind. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just making sure. It's called Rebel 77 Coffee and you can find us. Now the website has not been redone, although we're in the process of doing that right now. So if you see it before it's redone, you'll see it's pretty terrible, but it's at rebel77.com. That's R-E-V-E-L number seven, number seven.com. And, uh, you can find the address and everything there. If you want to come by and visit, of course, you're always welcome to stop in and have some coffee. There you go. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day where you tell me that somebody came into the coffee shop and had heard this episode. That would be really cool. I'm sure that will happen shortly after this episode is published. <laughs> now, let's go back to copy because that's that's what, I mean, everybody asks me, Pat, where do you get advice for copy? And I'm always like, uh, uh, duh, Ray Edwards. And so, <laughs> you know, we've, we've promoted your programs before. We've had you on the show before. Um, I think a big struggle that, now I am having, as well as my audience is having, because now I finally, as you know, have products to promote and, and sales pages to write and emails to write where the ultimate goal is to help people and have them purchase something. How do you balance what best practices are for copy and what you know is right for you and your personal and, and your personality? Meaning, like, I'm, I'm learning a lot about copy, not just from you, but from other people, and I'm learning these frameworks and, and these strategies for they almost seem like trickery in a way to get people to uh, open emails, to get people to, you know, and obviously we could go as far as like the BuzzFeed type headlines for things. And, and I don't even touch that, but you know, there, there's a line there. And how do you determine where that line is for you? And how do you stay true to yourself versus copy that actually works? I have a very technical term I apply to this. It's called the ick factor. The ick? If it, ick factor. Ick if it feels oh, icky, yeah, yeah. if it feels icky to me, I don't do it. Um, it's really interesting that you bring this up because this is on my mind a lot. I'm working on a, a new a class on what I'm calling education-based marketing. I didn't come up with that term. I don't know who did, but I like it better than content marketing because content marketing, I think, has a, a bad taste for a lot of people nowadays because it's been abused. Mm-hmm. But education-based marketing is really it's what you do, Pat. You educate people for free. You've done it for so long. You give so much great information. 
that you build up a lot of trust and you're able to speak to people in natural language, not tricky language, not BuzzFeed headlines and all that kind of junk, Mm -hmm. but just really naturally educate them and then tell them if you want to know more, then here's a way you can invest a little bit and get a lot more hand-holding and one-on-one or not one-on-one, but more personalized attention and more detailed instruction about how to do these things step by step. And you're able to speak to people in a, in a what I call human language instead of sales language. There is a difference. Right. But that being said, there are also some strategies that you can and what I've learned I should be doing yeah. to convince people to – and here's a very open and honest thing that happened recently. So I came out with this video. I, th- I think you may have seen it because you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. And it's, a, it's about my favorite and, and the best book I've read in 2017. And I sent an email out. And I showed a thumbnail, and the thumbnail has me pointing to a book, and there's a big question mark on the book. You don't know what the book is. And I don't even reveal the name of the book in the email. People have said that this was one of the best videos I've ever done. They also have told me that they wouldn't have clicked to watch the video if I had told them the title of the book. And so they were very thankful that I, quote, tricked them to go and watch the video or helped convince them to go and watch the video through the curiosity factor and the open loops but I did get a number of emails back saying, Pat, this is very unlike you. You typically just tell me everything and, and you don't force me to kind of go through these loops to find the answers. And so I'm battling in my head, you know, what's, what's the right thing to do here? Because I feel like part of my responsibility is to help people who would normally not find these things to help them find it. I think you hit the nail right on the head and your instinct on this is correct. That was, I thought it was one of the best emails and one of the best videos I had seen you do for those very reasons. Because yes. if, if you had told me in the email what the book was, I, th- I still would have watched the video, but I would have put it off till later. Because I would have thought, well, I can get back to it later. I always watch all the Pat stuff, so mm-hmm. I can get back to it later. But the curiosity factor was killing me. I just had to know. And, you know, in communication, just one-on-one, there are techniques that we use that help us communicate better with people and they can be abused. Like one technique is active listening where I I'm paying very close attention to what you're saying and I'm even reflecting it back to you somewhat so that you understand that I'm listening to you. And that's a, that's a good thing done in service of the other person, unless you're doing it with the sole intention of tricking them into something. And that's usually not the case when we're actively listening, we're, we want to understand the person so we can help them in some way. And I think that's the difference for you. And then there's always going to be people who are quick to point out what they perceive as trickery. Or, And I think you just have to understand there's some people who they live to find those moments when they can cast judgment on what you're doing. And sure. I, I think as long as you're doing things in service of your listeners and your viewers, and that's your motivation, anything you can do to increase the likelihood that they're going to benefit from what you have to offer is a good thing. Right. I mean, some of the terminology, and thank you for that, uh, some of the terminology people were using to describe, and there wasn't a, very many of them, right? There's been over 10,000 views at this point on YouTube and 21,000 views on Facebook of the same video with a, a different call to action at the end for specifically Facebook, and that's worked out really well. I've gotten just maybe three or four comments from people, and it's interesting because I, I know this now. Um, entrepreneur math is weird, right? Like one negative comment is greater than thousands of positive <laughs> comments. I know to kind of, you know, I know what the reality is, but um, I couldn't help but feel a little terrible about being called clickbaity. Um, and for me, clickbait is when a person is promised something, clicks through, and then doesn't get what they were promised. And I felt like yes. I was taking the opposite approach. 
I'm going to promise something and I'm going to over deliver. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's just been one of those battles in my head and you know, you, you have a lot of experience with this. I thought, uh, you, you would have some wisdom to share, which you did. Um, any, any, any further thoughts on this for, for people who are kind of balancing, um, the, this act here? Well, I mean, I, I can only confirm what you just said. Don't, don't clickbait. And that is exactly what you said. If you, entice them by making them think they're going to see one thing and then they show up, they click on the link and they see something else. They feel, even if they're not upset with you, subconsciously, we feel a little tricked right? and that erodes trust. So don't do that. It's not necessary. Thank you. Now you have some other things going on that, that I know that are very um, new and, and, and very successful. Like some of your events that you're putting on, um, you know, we've been together for years now in, in the green room and to see you progress and to see all the brand new things that you're doing is just so inspiring. So the, the books coming out will obviously, uh, you know, help you promote that when it when it comes out because it's going to be a, it's going to be fantastic. We've been, you know, in, in the group, at least I've been learning so much about what why you're writing it and what's going to be involved with it. Um, but you, but you also similar to what Cliff had mentioned earlier, um, you, you host these events to to help people. Um, how, how have those been going? And, and on, actually, I would love to know kind of how you promote them, too. Well, the small group workshops that we do are 10 to 12 people, Mm -hmm. and um, it gives me the opportunity to work with people on developing their messaging uh, and give them one-on-one attention. So they're a little more of an investment for people, but uh, this is the thing I do that I love, Pat, absolutely the most, because we take three days together, we, uh, we all stay in the same hotel, and we start early in the morning, and we go until late at night. And the biggest problem entrepreneurs have is clarifying their messaging so that it makes sense to their customer. Because it's hard for us. We're in the picture. So we, we're in the frame. So it's hard for us to see the picture. Mm-hmm. And so I help them get that view from the customer's viewpoint and clarify their messaging. And then we work through the whole messaging sequence. And sometimes we built actual book outlines for people at these workshops. Uh, sometimes we've actually had people come in in one business and leave in a totally different business because they realized they weren't doing what they were meant to do. And so I, uh, I just love these, uh, these kinds of workshops. And we, we promote them usually by sending a couple of emails. Okay, a couple. The last one, we sent a total of 11 emails over about 12 days, and we completely sold out the 12 seats um, with, interestingly, no videos, none of the usual promotional razzmatazz. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a sign, not that video promotion is bad, but... When you have something that is extraordinarily valuable, you can simply explain it to people and they want to buy it. Love it. Where can people learn more about uh, those kinds of things and what else do you have going on? Uh, the best thing to do is just go to rayedwards.com and sign up for our, there's a free course that's available called the Wisdom Enterprise Course, which is all about how to turn your knowledge or wisdom or experience into an online business. And when you sign up for that, we'll notify you when any of these workshops or other things become available. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ray. I appreciate you so much and your words of wisdom today. And thank you for being a part of episode 300 here on SPI. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. That was Ray Edwards from rayedwards.com. Ray, thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us today. I appreciate you so much, my man. One of these days, I'm going to head to the coffee shop and just surprise you. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I should probably let you know ahead of time so we could be there at the same time. But anyway, uh, just thank you again for coming on the show. Everybody, Everybody's listening right now. These are the members of the Green Room Mastermind. These are the kinds of people I love to surround myself with because they have big goals 
and they are doing the work, but they also come from a place of serving and not just serving each other and those of us in the group, but the world in our own special way with our own special superpowers. And uh, I know you guys are just as motivated and just as ambitious. So if ever you and I have the opportunity to meet, please, let's make it happen. Uh, The best opportunity to do that is at live conferences. So of course, I mentioned the one earlier, the one that Mike's putting on at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego that's coming up next month. Uh, It's at the end of February and the beginning of March. You can actually catch that at smartpassiveincome.com slash SMMW if you wanna check out your tickets. I'm gonna hold a meetup there. I'm gonna be roaming the hallways. Look out for my red backpack, backpack that says, hello, my name is Pat. That's how you know it's me. If you see me there and you see that backpack, uh, just tap me on the shoulder and let's chat. I, I, I would love to meet you there and um, because I just I just wanna surround myself with people who are like-minded, who are, who are value-driven, who wanna help serve others and who speak the same language as me. And that's why I put myself in these kinds of mastermind groups and that's why I wanna meet people like you and I hope you are motivated to do the same thing too because ever since I've gotten involved with uh, truly being conscious about who I'm surrounding myself with in life, uh, massive changes have happened and when I truly think about all the biggest moments and the biggest um, successes in my life, they've always happened as a result of the other people I've surrounded myself with. And so that's why I always say if I could go back into time and change just one thing, I would tell my younger self that I need to go out there and meet as many people as possible. And you know, a lot of people ask me, Pat, like if you had a, if you had just a few hundred dollars uh, left and, and you wanted to start a business, what would you do? And my answer is always, okay, spend that money on a ticket to go to a conference and meet people in the industry that you're in, uh, interested in because it is the people that you meet that will open up the opportunities that you have in your future. And who knows, you might be able to create a mastermind group such as uh, this one, very intimate, very long lasting. And uh, I, I truly hope that you get involved with one because it's been game changing for me and I know it'll be game changing for you. So hey, thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you wanna get the show notes, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 300. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart once again for helping me get to episode 300. Truly, it's because of you and your support and all the amazing reviews and all the thank yous and all the handwritten notes and just just the downloads even uh, and the subscriptions. That is all super motivating for me to continue moving forward. So hey, I'm gonna say it. Let's, let's look forward to the next 300 episodes coming out. I mean, that's however many years down the road, but I'm not planning on going anywhere. And as you know, I'm trying to uh, make moves so I can stay on the front of everything. I'm, I'm not trying to be reactive in a lot of the changes you're hearing on this podcast, on the Ask Pat podcast, on YouTube. Uh, it's all stuff that I know is gonna help me in the future and I wanna take you along with me, share the journey with you, report on what's working, report on what's not, and that's what we're gonna talk about in the future episodes here on Smart Passive Income. Along the way, I'm gonna bring some amazing guests who have expertise that I cannot share with you. I'm gonna bring some success stories on the show because that's super motivating. We can talk about their origin stories and the things that they struggle with and what they did to break through that. Also on Ask Pat, make sure to check out that podcast at askpat.com or just look up Ask Pat on iTunes because every week I do a coaching call, literally a person who needs help, I coach them through that process. And um, for the ones that have been recorded already, that actually comes out in February, like I said earlier. So subscribe to that because the recordings I've already done have been mind-blowing, game-changing, life-changing, just you gotta listen. So make sure you subscribe to Ask Pat. And seriously, just the one ask I have of you, if you've enjoyed any of these episodes from one to 300, even just one, head on over to iTunes and leave a review for this podcast. That would mean so much to me. That would be a great way to celebrate. 
episode 300. So thank you so much in advance for your support, for your review. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't subscribed to the show already, make sure you click subscribe to get the next episode. We have some seriously great content coming up. And thank you so much once again. This is Pat Flynn signing off, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people. Cheers, all the best, bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.